Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer, on News Talk STL. We're back for the second hour as the Tobler Show rolls along this uh, late January Saturday. I can't believe January's already in the books almost. It's amazing. Gosh. I have to admit, we still have our Christmas stuff up. Don't tell mom. Oh, okay. my Lord, Dr. I, love I know Christmas you're busy, stuff. but it's almost February. Max, I'm never home, and I like to be <laughs> home when I come home to the... I love to come home to Christmas. It's warm and fuzzy, and so maybe Super Bowl time will get it down. I don't know. I'll take it down when I want to. But that's okay. If I can choose to get vaccinated or not, I ought to be able to choose when or not to take down the Christmas yeah, stuff. Yeah, there I, we go. We did take down the tree because the needles were falling down. But all the other stuff, <coughs> you know, the little snow globes with the with the propeller and the thing going, I like that. It's so good. So I bet Bob Andrews' Christmas stuff is down because he's organized and tidy and get, always in order. How you doing, Bob? Thanks for joining me this morning. Good morning, Randy. No, we still have some Christmas stuff up. <laughs> oh, thank you. I hope... Allie, uh, Allie and Helene need to get together and like you know share and commiserate because my wife's getting a little a little heat you know a little a little uh, implicit heat from the kids. It's like, hey mom, get with the program. We got to get this stuff done. Hey, uh, there's lots going on in Jeff City, and I the, the hot topic, of course, is about redistricting. I, I know there's going well, is there going to be a debate and a vote now on on Monday? Where are we in that? And, and help set the table. What is what is the controversy? What are you proposing? And what is the majority, or well, well, I guess the majority of the moderate uh, Republicans or the non-conservative caucus Republicans wanting to do. Help tell us about that. Yeah, Randy. Well, as your listeners know, every 10 years, the um, United States government takes a census and then sends those census numbers to the state to redraw their congressional district maps. And um, there is a that is that that this that draw line drawing is a bill. It's legislation, just like any other bill that we pass has has to pass the House and the Senate and then go to the governor's desk. And, uh, you know, usually, uh, you know, normal bills or, or in normal uh, redistricting years, there would be House hearings and Senate hearings. And then we would, uh, you know, then, then, you know, we'd debate what the uh, map ought to look like. But before any hearings were held, at least on the Senate side, on New Year's Eve, um, the House and Senate redistricting chair uh, released a map that none of us had ever seen. Uh, We had had conversations. Some of us had had conversations with those uh, chairmen about what we would like to see. But. Yeah, but 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 basically, here's the map, and I, I started asking, well, is, you know, is this is the fix in? Is this what we're going to go with? And oh no, lots of opportunities to change it. Well, what was most shocking about this map is that it would send one or two more progressive Democrats, Nancy Pelosi allies, to the United States Congress. Um, it would uh, preserve. It went out of its way to preserve um, Emmanuel Cleaver's seat in uh, Democrat Jeff City. And then it unnecessarily put uh, Congressional District 2, Congresswoman Ann Wagner's seat in jeopardy. It kept it very deep purple. In fact, uh, the seat was a seat that Josh Hawley lost, for instance, in 2018. So why in the world we're in California, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Nevada, New Mexico, where Blue states, Democrats are aggressively redistricting. Why in the world would we draw a map that will send one or two more Nancy Pelosi Democrats to Washington, D.C.? 
who's been, whose interest does this serve? Well, we found out this week that 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 three three employees, former employees of a consulting group called Palm Strategies, left Palm Strategies and went to work in Senator Caleb Rowden's uh, office, and they were the ones tasked with drawing this map. Guess what? For the first time ever in 2020, uh, Congressman Blaine Lukemeyer used Palm Strategies, paid him a half million dollars in a race that he really didn't have a race. He won 65-35. It's paid him a half million dollars, including $50,000 right as they were drawing the maps. And guess who really loves this map? Congressman Lukemeyer. Guess who got sold out and is going to be, have a very purple district that Republicans will probably lose? His adjoining Congresswoman, Ann Wagner. So this really stinks to high heaven, Randy. Not only the fact that we're drawing one to two more, you know, one to one to two more con- uh, Democrat congressmen into uh, into jobs, you know, for the next ten years, but also uh, the process really uh, stunk to high heaven. So nominally, at least as of now, it appears to be. If you don't, if you don't dig into the weeds, it appears to be a six-two map, and you know Kansas City and St. Yeah, Louis yeah, traditionally it, yeah, Democrat. It, yeah, but yeah. it sets up it sets the table for a for a a five-three map up the road, right? It's it's really yes. It's um you know I think this year where the National Democrat Party is playing defense in a lot of places, um you know uh, Dan Wagner will be able to win re-election in that in that in this uh, you know so-called six-two map. But no, I think down the road the trend is in the wrong direction. If you compare Donald Trump's numbers, twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen, he won by eight points in twenty sixteen with this new map, but only three in, in uh, 2020. And uh, the, so the trend is going fast in the wrong direction. Um, so really, it, it, I, you know, I've been calling this the, the Nancy Pelosi map or the Rhino map or the sellout map. But it's, yeah. um, it, it's really not good for the people of the state of Missouri or, or, or our country. Now, you and the other members of the conservative caucus have been advocating for a uh, a, a map that really stretches out the what the Kansas City district into more rural areas and protects Wagner's to, and and would potentially become a seven to one. Uh, yeah, and, we and be, even there yeah. are people on the Republican side who wear the same elephant on the T-shirt as you and I, uh, if we're going to yeah. be partisan. And and they're saying, well, that's not fair because it's not right to gerrymander these districts because when the Democrats get control of things, then they're going to do the same yeah, to yeah. us. This sounds like more of what the Republicans nationally have done, which is play nice guy and gradually watch the whole political center move to the left and, and yes. not play by the tough, sharp elbows rules that the Democrats want to play by when they're in power. Am I, am I reading well, that wrong? Uh, no, you're 100% on, on the mark. Um, many, many political commentators. There's a great article in Red State, which is, of course, a conservative publication. But even, you know, publications like Politico, which lean left, they've noticed this, that around the country, Democrats are playing hardball while we're playing, you know, t-ball or tiddlywinks. Um, in yeah, all, yeah. Right across the river in Illinois, uh, Democrats are writing two Republican congressmen out of seats and, and adding a new Democrat seat. They lost mm, a seat uh, mm. because of population loss. Um, but in, in, uh, in, in New York, it's something like five seats, the Republican seats that are going to be uh, consigned to the ash bin of history. 
everywhere, every, everywhere Democrats have a choice, they're playing hardball and, and, and fighting and scraping for every seat they can. And we're saying, well, and, and I, I believe it or not, uh, Dan Shaw, who chaired the House Redistricting Committee, even when I asked him why, why we're doing this, why aren't we playing hardball too? He said, well, you know, there's a national pack. And I asked, is that Eric Holder's, you know, congressional, Democrat congressional redistricting committee. He said, yes. Uh, so the Barack Obama, Eric Holder pack, they're afraid of getting sued by that pack. Well, oh my for gosh. heaven's sake, oh. there, you know, you can sue anyone for everything. And then we doctors know that in our society yeah. today. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, we're, we're afraid. But I'm really, I, I mean, I really think part of this map was just bought and paid for by one particular congressman and it suits his needs. The consulting firm was paid very generously for that map. So you have this, this weird coalition where Republicans are willing to sell out other Republicans um, mm. at the expense of our national party and the future of our country. I mean, could you imagine if Nancy Pelosi holds on to that speaker's gavel? by one vote in 2023, we would have single-handedly done that for in the state of Missouri, a deep red state that Donald Trump won by 20 points. No, you would think in this era when Donald Trump proved that, you know, winning matters, I mean, uh, ding, 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 uh, three Supreme Court justices, uh, there's a time to take off the gloves if that's what your opponent, you know, if your opponent brings an AK-47 to a knife fight, uh, you better ditch the knife and bring out your AK-47. Well, that's right, Randy. And the other thing is is drawing district lines with partisan goals in mind, um, you know, so-called gerrymandering is perfectly legal. So the other side is saying it's legal. We're going to do it. We don't, right. we're not we're not doing that. And I would add one other bad thing about this map. This map not only preserves Emmanuel Cleaver's seat, but a lot of uh, African-American Democrats say it also preserves Cory Bush's seat. Um, the you know, look, the next congressman from uh, Congressional District one will be African-American and will be a Democrat. But I think it matters whether it's a uh, an utter lunatic like Cory Bush or, you know, or, or a more sensitive, a sensible, more traditional Democrat. Sure. So sure. it's it's just that that map is just a disaster in every in every way that uh, that we can imagine what can people do bob yeah so what i think you need to, they need to do more than anything is call their state their state senator and tell them they don't like the pelosi map that they want to see a much stronger map that sends one or two more republicans to congress um but but whoever your senate and you can find out who your senator is by going to senate.mo.gov but most of all call senator caleb rowden r-o-w-d-e-n again senate.mo.gov and uh, he is the floor leader he is the one whose um, flunkies drew this awful map and he is the one ultimately who will uh, have the biggest say in whether we send one or two more pelosi democrats to congress all right well let's uh, let's get active because of course all politics is local and in this case local state you know it's it's all something that you have influence over folks so uh, so get active uh, here monday morning early uh, Bob, on other matters, uh, we're talking to, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Senator Bob Onder, uh, District 2 here in uh, in Missouri, and a very influential conservative senator. He's got a long uh, history of, uh, of championing conservative causes, both in the House and the Senate. Uh, you're a sponsor of 636, which uh, is uh, creating provisions prohibiting employers from imposing VAX mandates. Uh, tell us about that. 
Well, yeah, Randy, I don't believe that anyone ought to be fired for not getting uh, vaccinated to COVID-19. I mean, there are other situations where I think uh, vac- vaccine mandates are appropriate. Let's say hepatitis A vaccines uh, on, um, you know, on, on cooks and restaurant workers. But it's become clear over time that the benefit of COVID-19 vaccination accrues almost exclusively to the person himself or herself getting vaccinated. An example is I got I got vaccinated and in, on December 1st, I, I, I got COVID-19. I was undoubtedly contagious for those those few days or that week before uh, mm-hmm. before I, uh, I got sick and uh, and, uh, and, uh, and ended up testing positive. Um, so really, this is this is really a matter of choice. I personally believe and I do believe as a physician the COVID-19 vaccination is beneficial to um, to older and uh, more vulnerable people. It's not at all clear to me that it offers much benefit to, to school-aged children. So I would really oppose uh, school vaccine mandates for COVID-19. Um, but I, I really think this is a matter of individual uh, choice and freedom. And I think a lot of uh, employers have shot themselves in the foot in an era where we really have uh, workplace shortages, including big workplace shortages in the health healthcare industry, um, by, by by firing their um, their unvaccinated workers. I think yeah. it, sh- it should be like most things in medicine, a matter of um, the individual patient or parent weighing costs and benefits. Does this align with Governor DeSantis in Florida's executive order? Uh, well, I think it was an executive order. Maybe it's maybe it's statute now uh, prohibiting the same. I mean, is that is that yeah, what we're heading? Yeah, I here? think I think yeah, I think uh, I think it does. I think it does. Yeah, yeah we and you know in twenty 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 one, Senator uh, Andrew Koenig and I had a uh, broad package of uh, protections of citizens and workers against uh, measures that I refer to collectively as COVID tyranny. Um, unfortunately, a coalition of Democrats and rhinos in the Senate uh, defeated our, our efforts there. But I think as uh, this, uh, as we get further on into this pandemic, we know a lot more. And uh, and I again, I just really don't think people should be uh, fired for uh, for for not getting this particular vaccine. You also have a bill uh, that you've sponsored uh, or that you're a sponsor on, uh, 638, uh, relating to curricula and instruction in public schools. Tell us about that. Yeah, that aims at 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 uh, banning uh, the teaching of so-called critical race theory in um, to our to our students in public schools. Um, you know, critical race theory is a really pernicious ideology that has its uh, you know origins in in Marxism, and it has a heavy dose of racism thrown in. It basically tells our ki- our, our little our, our little white white school children that they are bad people because of the color of their skin. And it also tells uh, little black children that they'll never get ahead, no matter how hard they work, because of the color of their skin. I really do believe that critical race theory is not just historically inaccurate, uh, but it is truly pernicious. And I, I would go so far as to say it's downright child abuse. Yeah, right. I, it's it's a dangerous and, and insidiously divisive balkanizing policy and it's just you see more and more of this i'm in my tp and my tp is a better tp than your tp and now we hate one another it's just it's just well 
You know, and Randy, we ju- we ju- we just um, a couple of Mondays ago celebrated the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And um, you know, the lefties hate it when I quote this, but you know, Dr. King said he had a, a dream that someday his children would be judged not by the color of the skin, their skin, but by the content of their character. Critical race theory is the exact opposite. It says, mm-hmm. you know, if you're white, you're a bad person. He, you're a bad person. You're systemically you're, you're benefiting from systemic racism you are racist whether you don't or you know it or not unless you join in this political movement known as anti-racism you are a bad person you are the problem you need to be canceled you need to be put down that is the opposite of uh, dr king's uh, dream and i think we as an american people share dr Martin luther king's dream look will we ever be there will, will we ever live in a perfect colorblind you know society where where there are no racists no we never will but we have made so much progress in the 200 some odd years of our history more than any other society on our planet and i think it's time to you know to let our kids know what a wonderful country we live in learn to love their country uh rather than uh than teaching them uh about this marxist racist doctrine for political purposes it's just horrible yeah well well, there's Dr. Bob Onder, a member of the Conservative Caucus in the Missouri Senate. Uh, you know, those people are, you know, racist haters. And that was just a manifesto of a racist hater that you should just, you should judge the person on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Wow. What a racial hater you are, Bob Onder. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy, man. It's just crazy the way people get judged. Honestly, our uh, Republican Senate leadership would say worse things about us. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's just uh, th- this this critical race theory and, and the whole the whole black BLM movement has, if anything, created more in the wrong kind of way, racial awareness and hostility. It's gone 180 degrees in the opposite direction that they intended. It's 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 like leftism always. They they hurt the very ones that they claim to 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 be uh, benefiting. It's just and they're blind to it. They're so emotion so emotionally unintelligent, Bob, that they don't see it. It's backfiring on them. Well, I'm not sure I completely disagree, Randy. I think it's not that it's backfiring. It is critical race theory is about politics. You know, um, you know, Donald Trump made big gains among minority voters, both blacks and Hispanics in the last election and Asians as well. And mm-hmm. I think the Democrats feel that um, if 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 unless they stoke the fires of racial hatred, heaven forbid that African-Americans, instead of voting 90 percent for Democrats, they only vote 60 percent for Democrats. They as a party would be all over. And as they as they as they as they become more and more and more radical, they lose more and more people. But they say, well, but if we can keep uh, racial minorities voting for us in these enormous numbers, we can contain power. It's all about politics and power. They really don't want to see a uh, colorblind, fair, uh, free society. It's they, they have this view of a Marxist utopia where they are in charge. And that's yeah. and that's the eye on the prize. And they really don't care about these these black children or these white children who they're harming in the process. Yeah. 
Great analysis. As always, thanks for spending a little time with us, Bob. I know it's a very, very busy, busy season for you here when the legislature is in session. Good luck on the redistricting. I hope folks will uh, get involved, uh, get in touch with their senators. They can find out how to do that on senate.mo.gov. And uh, those uh, those critical debates and uh, votes are coming up very, very shortly. So make sure you're active, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Senate.mo.gov. And if they want details, our Facebook page is Dr. Bob Onder, and uh, we yeah. can give you details, including right. links. And, of course, you're on Twitter, too. At Bob Ondermo. There you go. All right. Hey, Bob, thanks a lot. And uh, thanks, enjoy Randy. that uh, Christmas. Uh, enjoy the Christmas decorations. My wife just came uh, <laughs> here down to the studio and says, uh, okay, Buster, you're getting out the boxes from the attic, and uh, we're starting that process now. You blew it. Oh, man, I feel so bad. Right. Hey, thanks, Bob. Have a Have good a rest of the weekend, weekend man. Okay, take care. (laughs) All right, so uh, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about a very poignant, a very poignant and effective and something I don't recall ever seeing before reaction to a a tribute uh, made in a church just yesterday. And we'll talk about that when we come back. It's about law and order and it's about justice and it's about um, getting this country back to... um, to the thinking the right way. Uh, more on the Randy Tobler show when we come back. You won't want to miss it. Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer on News Talk STL. Welcome back to the program. Yesterday, the wife of fallen New York Police Department detective Jason Rivera, who was uh, you know caught in that ambush um, in a domestic dispute, he and his partner were shot. Uh, she at at his service at the at the farewell at St. Patrick's Cathedral made one of the most stirring speeches I have heard and it left my wife in tears I maybe if you heard it it was it touched you in the same way uh, and and I then I, the reaction of the crowd was something like I've never ever ever imagined so take a listen to this as uh, Dominique Rivera the wife of fallen New York police detective um, Jason Rivera speaks to the to the audience there at St. Patrick's. You have the whole nation on gridlock, and although you won't be here anymore, I want you to live through me. The system continues to fail us. We are not safe anymore, not even the members of the service. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. I'm sure all of our blue family is tired too. But I promise, we promise, that your death won't be in vain. I love you to the end of time. We'll take the watch from here. There were applause. Uh, there was a standing ovation. Oh my lord! This I've never was seen that in the setting of a yes. farewell ceremony like that—a a tribute. Have you, Max? So I wanted to get that whole clip, the meat of that clip, on the show. So we got it down to about thirty-five seconds. The actual yeah. clip is about three times that length yeah. because this crowd who was gathered there to pay tribute broke in with applause that turned into a standing ovation and at the end they were clapping. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful clip. It's just, it's very long so we wanted to kind of get to the meat of what she was saying. But yes, it was very stirring, very emotional. I would encourage everyone to go to YouTube to watch that clip. Yeah, we ought to post it on the show page. I think we'll put that up on our Facebook show page and, uh, and do that. But I've never seen a standing ovation in a you know in a memorial service like that. He was posthumously promoted to uh, detective first grade during the service, 
at uh, the historic St. Patrick's Cathedral uh, after he was murdered, uh, one week after the murder in the line of duty. And apparently he, this guy was obsessed, his emotional older brother said during his eulogy, he was obsessed with his career in law enforcement. This echoes what we're hearing from Border Patrol agents who are saying, you know, you hear the clips of them saying, we, we got into this business to maintain order at the border. And and what are they doing now? They're, they're travel agents. We have a clip on that from, uh, from uh, the reporter at Fox News, uh, uh, Bill Malugin. Uh, we see body cam of uh, police officers watching immigrants being flown in the middle of the night into New York, uh, remote areas of New York, small cities, uh, and, and deplaning. And talking to some kind of contractors, I don't know what these contractors are do. They're busing them into, I don't know where, housing projects. I don't know where they go. Law enforcement has a job. They're hired to enforce the law. Prosecutors are hired to prosecute lawbreakers. Neither are being, well, prosecutors are willfully ignoring their duty. Police officers are being murdered because the theme among activist groups like BLM and others is all cops are bad. Cops are out to profile you, get you, and make your life miserable and oppress you. And I heard Shelby Steele the other day on a podcast I was listening to say, you know, I'm an older black man who grew up in the South. I know what oppression is. I grew up, this country has made more strides in the last 20 years than any any civilization in the history of the world in advancing equality. And he says, I've never been stopped. He says, I've been stopped for for various reasons for, you know, speeding, but I've never felt like I was being oppressed, denigrated, abused by the police. Uh, memo to those who are stopped by the police, whether you're white, black, purple, trans, cis, non-binary, whatever, if you respectfully treat police officers, they will respectfully treat you. Uh, just like if you respectfully treat anyone in your life, surprise, you might get respectfully treated. Wow. I, I, I mean, I, we are seeing a devolution of this society into a third world country, whether it's, whether it's on the streets, whether it's in our justice system, whether it's at our borders, whether it's on our shelves of our supermarkets and our general goods stores. All because of blue Democrat progressive leadership at the local, state, and federal level where they lead. They are leading us into tyranny on the one hand that is begetting a, 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 a diminution of our of our living, of our very being. And, and, and I just am so thankful that Dominique Rivera called out the prosecutor there because that, the criminal that shot her husband had a, a rap sheet as long as the yellow pages and he was out, of, well, I think he was out on bail. I, I, I don't get it. I, I, for one, look, I'm not one who's a biggie on tax increases, right? But I'm happy to pay for taxes for roads, bridges, responsibly spent, for infrastructure when it comes to 
you know, the, the, the broadband and stuff like that. That makes sense to me. This is things that when we pool our money and we, for the common good, the common access, the, th- the roads, the byways, the highways, the communications channels that we all travel, there is a right place for taxation to support that. Similarly, I would be happy, I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but I would be happy to build more institutions for the, for the insane who are homeless and criminalized. I'd be happy to build more places to penalize and jail lawbreakers, serial, non-rehabable lawbreakers. I don't want to hear from you social bleeding hearts, oh, they just need rehab. They just need more rehab. They need rehabilitation. Well, there is a place for that, and some of them are rehabable. And Charles Colson's, I forget his uh, group, but Charles Colson, one of the one of the Watergate uh, criminals, became born again. He became a Christian. He formed a, a rehab, uh, basically a, 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 a place for people to find Christ and to get back on the right path. And the, the recidivism rate for those programs is amazing. Oh, but God forbid that we allow that in the, oh, we can't mix God and, 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 and you know, we, we can't do that. We can't preach any, any God talk. There can't be any Jesus talk. We have to separate church and state. But there are, it's like the, the, the previous Supreme Court justice said, you know, you know obscenity when you see it, Right. Well, you know a serial, non-rehabable lawbreaker when you see him. The, 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 the justice system knows those people clearly. They need to be locked up in jail. <laughs> the key needs to be thrown away. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now. As Dominique Rivera channels her husband, listen to me, DA. You soft on crime, so-called justice officials. You're lazy. You're lazy. And as far as the new mayor of New York City, I don't know. This guy claims to be a cop. He blames guns. Oh, it's the love of guns. That's the problem. Hello? There's always been guns. There's millions of guns. They sound like Kavanaugh. I like guns. I've shot a gun. (laughs) I mean... At what point do we say, look, this isn't working, but this is the delusion of the left. This is their willful ignorance to recognize the empiric fact that when you're soft on crime, crime gets hard on the people. Oh, send that to Kamala Harris. That's a Zen Cohen. No, I mean, it's true. You give a criminal an inch and he'll take a mile and he'll hurt people. When you make it okay to, to, to loot and pillage stores as long as you keep it under $900. People are going to loot and pillage stores and walk out with flat screens that are eight ninety nine ninety nine. dollars <laughs> I mean, what? wow. I, I would love to look that DA in New York City in the face and say, sir, this cop's blood and death And this family's suffering is on your hands, buddy. What do you have to say to them? But you know, those people travel in the elite circles and they keep themselves immunized from being around we the people that have to suffer under the the poor judgments that they make. 
And you don't want to wish anything bad on anyone, but how, when, when is it going to take someone in someone's sphere like that to suffer a crime by the very people that they don't prosecute before they get a wake-up call? That proverbial slap in the cheek, the Rhett Butler chat, wake up. And maybe they'll start giving a damn. Scarlet. I don't know. It just, it just, it, it frustrates me, it disappoints me, it makes me sad, and it makes me embarrassed. This country used to have clear, we used to have freedom and liberty tempered with a moral slash religious underpinning that clearly recognized right and wrong. And now, <laughs> you're wrong if you recognize crime as wrong, and you're right if you recognize criminals as just being oppressed and excuse it away as just tyranny of the of the white masses. Well, I think that the people will speak this fall. The people will speak. And we'll see what Virginia Cruda has to say when we come back right after this, because I know that she has some opinions on this culture and its politics. Virginia Cruda, contributor to the Daily Wire, when we come back here on the Tobler Show. We'll take the watch from here. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer, on News Talk STL. Well, welcome back as we talk with our very special friend and regular contributor, Virginia Cruda, contributor to Daily Wire, at VA Cruda on Twitter. How you doing, Virginia? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Well, I'm uh, sorry I ran a little long with that rant. Uh, I was so motivated by that moving speech and the audience standing up. Uh, I've never seen that at a, at a eulogy service like that. You know, I've never yeah. seen that. And I think, boy, mm-hmm. that was moving, wasn't it? I know you wrote about it on your Daily Wire column. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, that was really, like, normally I'm off Fridays and I saw that and I'm like, we need to get that posted. <laughs> and so I popped on and wrote that yesterday but yeah it's do you think it it'll be really, do, you, do you think it'll be influence influential on da's across the country are they just so dug in that there's nothing that will change change them i think that to a degree yes they are so dug in that, that this will not change i mean this is you're looking at people like um mayor tashara jones who has spent her time in st louis trying to essentially loosen policies on criminals and you know there were gunshots fired during her press conference on gun violence and she didn't even back down from her policies there you've got you know um st louis rep Corey bush whose car was shot you know, just this past week, she's not going to change her defund the police commentary. She's not going to change her position. And these are people with the violence actually impacting them in a real way. And so this is this is what. Um, and somebody said it was it was definitely misinterpreted when it, the way and you can see when he said it. So why it was misinterpreted there was somebody who was on fox news the other day talking about cory bush's car getting shot and he said that we need these people to be the victims of violence 
And he's not saying that we wish violence on these people. He's saying they don't understand until it happens to them. But I would take it a step further. I don't think they understand when it happens to them. I mean, Cori Bush is not a stranger to street violence because she's from St. Louis. She understands. And I think further, Cori Bush knows that the policies she's promoting will not fix the problem. But and it's going to hurt the very people that elect her because it's politically beneficial. Oh, but I know. Why? I know. So why why does it remain politically beneficial? Because the very people that elect her, uh, you know, and and in turn, Tashara Jones, the same voters, I imagine they cross over those those bubbles probably because you know overlap until pretty. They get a hundred percent gun control. They can blame the other side for keeping things from getting better. Yeah. I guess so. And then once they get 100% gun control, then they have to reckon, but by then it's too late. Yeah, I know. It's, you know, I think it was I, Jesse Waters who said it who said it a week ago. He said, things are getting so bad, the American people are going to have to start defending themselves. Well, You're right. That's well, we're, always we're, been, we're descending into a third world country. Virginia, we're descending into a third world country. I mean, we, we have people streaming across the borders. ICE agents are saying they're just nothing more than travel agents at this point. Uh, you've got wanton, rampant crime uh, from coast to coast uh, in every major American city, including our own fair St. Louis, right? Uh, and And yet the left continues to double down and dig in. And I think that they're going to have a rude awakening because the very people that are suffering under those policies are going to start to wake up and say, enough. We saw that with Donald Trump's uh, election in 2016. And again, those who voted for him in 2020, there's a rising tide of minorities who are saying, wow, we've been lulled into this sense of security under the under the libs, and it's not working out very well for us. Mm-hmm. No, I would agree with that. I think... What what people forget, and and this is you know we it always it always comes back to gun control because if you look at look at President Joe Biden has in, had an opportunity this week he could have gone to that police officer's funeral because you know the White House has been saying well we've never been for defund the police you know we support the police et cetera et cetera while Joe Biden ghosted on this police officer's funeral and instead he went to Pennsylvania to rant about the cost of insulin, which if he hadn't undone the policies that President Trump put in place, wouldn't be as big an issue right now. So we, you know, he's created a problem that he now has to clean up. And while he's off cleaning it up and not doing a great job of it because he ended up, you know, getting angry and, and a, there was an outburst and he was yelling during the speech, you know, so it's it's not really effectively cleaning up what he was supposed to clean up in the first place. And instead, he could have gone to this police officer's funeral. Yeah, right. And, he and it would have been a, a, another. There's going to be another one. And he, yeah, may, another op- he may or may not go to that one, but. Yeah. Another opportunity to heal and instead. He rubs salt in the wound instead of healing. And then, of course, this week we have more left hypocrisy. The, you wrote about uh, The View saying that, you know, Clarence Thomas isn't really, you know, he's not really black enough, right? I mean, because after all, he's conservative, you know, and he he didn't really represent the black community. At the same time as 
Joe Biden, there's no other way to call his doubling down on his commitment to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court as anything but using racism and sexism to cure the past evils of racism and sexism. Is there any other way to parse that? No. And and the thing is, it's an unforced error. Biden could have in his head and he could even say in a back room, I would like to be I would like to nominate the first black woman to the Supreme Court. He can say that he could even say that publicly that I I would like to nominate the first black woman to the Supreme Court. But as soon as he makes it a promise and he makes that a like the the final qualification, same as with the vice presidency, even if he picks the most qualified person for the job. And here's the thing. I'm not going to say there is no black woman out there who is the most qualified person for the job right now. Okay. Because that may be the case. And if that were the case, he could simply just go and pick her and promote her. And it would be like, Oh, and she happens to be the first black woman. Great. You know, but the problem is because of the way he set it up, we now have this image in our head that that's the qualification he's basing this on. And therefore, there might be someone who's more qualified. She has to go through the rest of her life wondering whether he picked her because she was a black woman or because she was the most qualified. And well, that's right. It's it's what George by her name in the history books. You're right, and he did not do that. It's it's what what George Bush called the, right the soft bigotry right and and that's the problem it's the and soft bigotry of lowered expectations that where you say <coughs> yeah you you can't quite you know it's it's the the um, not not the direct statement it's the indirect statement that suggests that if the white president the white benevolent president wasn't here to lift you up to this position you might not have qualified for it. And it's yep. the same. Kamala Harris is the same. You know, all this. It's time for white or for black women in leadership. Okay. Well, if it was time for black women in leadership, then why are you running? Like, I, I, you know what? I, I have, I, I have Virginia. I know people who I admire, gr- great people who I worship at their altar, who who demean and diminish the contributions and the they they disagree with Clarence Thomas. But they out of hand disqualify him because of affirmative action. They they claim that's the only reason he's there. Therefore, he's not worthy. You know, his I, it's it's so sad. And yet, those are the very people yeah. who ally with people who are going to back Joe Biden's move here. It's it's it doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, apparently, Whoopi Goldberg explained it thus. Uh, she said, "Well, it's not affirmative action if it's." ensuring the correct representation of the country which i don't even know what that means that's a quota Uh, system it's a quota system that's all it is which is which is what affirmative action is essentially and so she's saying well this isn't affirmative action by saying this is the absolute definition of what affirmative action is so and and then you can kind of throw that aside but then they're saying well that amy coney barrett was selected because she was a woman who would oppose abortion rights and so she wasn't really representing women. And Clarence Thomas was picked because he was a black man who would oppose voting rights, which is really kind of stupid because he's never opposed voting rights. 
and yeah. the two bills yeah. that they have that are getting ready to go for right. or that they're trying to push forward actually have nothing to do with voting rights at all. And so, so it's it, it's all so much gaslighting that, you know, well, they're, they're depending on you looking at reality and then being able to stand next to you and say, you're not seeing what you see. You're not hearing what you hear. Yeah. It's fine. Everything's fine. Right. Okay. Well said. But, well said. There's Virginia Cruda, contributor to Daily Wire, a regular contributor to The Tobler Show, and a prolific writer on Daily Wire. So if you want to keep up with good analysis and reporting of the news, uh, follow uh, follow her there on Daily Wire and on Twitter, at VA Cruda. Thanks, Virginia. Great being uh, to have you here, and hope you'll join us again next week. Have a good weekend. Sounds good. All right. You too. All right. All right, folks, when we come back, Seth Dillon, CEO of Babylon B. We'll have some fun with that, won't we? And we'll talk about the Defense of Liberty event coming up here in, uh, well, that's next week on The Tober Show. Stay right there. So much more to come.